Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good, doing good. And today's an interesting topic, talking about stall rest. And it's one that, honestly, I never really thought about it as far as effects on nutrition, but it does make sense. Like there is a lot going on, isn't there? Yes. And a lot of moving targets. So we say stall rest and that's not a static thing. A lot of times, depending on the type of stall rest you're doing. So there can be a lot of adjustments that you have to make during that time. I know, I know, I know, no. Okay. Well, I always like to start off with like definitions and just kind of uh, get us all on the same page. So can we just talk about what you consider stall rest or especially from like a, a nutritional standpoint? Because, you know, obviously horses that are stalled, they might get turned out a few hours a day or maybe an hour a day. Uh, they're getting some exercise or some fresh air. But what do you consider stall rest? Sure. When we talk about stall rest, we're talking about a change in the horse's management system such that they have some sort of reason that we are not turning them out. Maybe we're not exercising them. And during this time, they are confined more than they were previously. So for some horses, that it might not be that much of a change, right? So you give the example of the horse who maybe only gets out a couple hours a day. That's not a drastic change to go from 22 hours in a stall to 24 hours, some horses might be going from full turnout to complete confinement in a stall. And generally, when we're talking about stall rest, we're not really talking about the horses who mostly live in a stall because of that's the way they've been managed. We're talking about horses who have some sort of issue that require them to be confined. Right. I, I remember, you know, working on the racetrack and those horses were, were always on, not stall rest, but it stalls all day long until they were out training. So I, I, I've seen that, uh, you know, kind of extremes and then, you know, obviously the ones out on pasture, but let's say, why would you put a horse on stall rest all of a sudden? You know, what are some of the causes or reasons an owner might do that? horses break for so many different <laughs> reasons. And and I will say, if you're listening to this podcast today because you have a stall rest, I feel your pain. I am on month five right now with a horse on stall rest, as a matter of fact. So generally, you're looking at some sort of injury. It might be a soft tissue injury. Um, in my poor little horse's case, he fractured his coffin bone and bone takes a long time to heal. So we're stall resting because of that. Other causes might be a horse who is ill for some reason. So, you know, I've experienced stall rest in the horse who had a neurological disorder and it simply wasn't safe to turn it out because of the issues with its balance. You also might have scenarios where a horse is on stall rest because they're required to be in isolation because of some sort of infectious disease process, whether maybe they have strangles or you are concerned they've been exposed to it. And the only way to isolate them is separately in a stall for that period of time to let that course run. So you can identify, you know, they do not have it based on testing or you have to let that disease run its course. So generally, you know, as horse owners, we're not just like deciding to put our horse on stall rest. It's a vet recommended situation that's secondary to some sort of illness or injury. Right. We, as we know, horses are, are, are meant to be outside walking around all day, small meals every day. We talk about it in a lot of podcasts. So when you 
put him on stall rest, we stop that natural uh, inclination of the horse, right? So in that sense, what is going on in their digestive system, their anatomy, their physiology, because, you know, they're out to, meant to be moving around. We've talked about exercise is good for digestion. It, it affects on what we feed them. So if I'm taking a, a horse that's used to being turned out or a horse that's out and all of a sudden I put them on stall rest, what is going on? Like from a nutrition standpoint, what changes? So we think about that physiology part first. The big change is you're going to decrease gut motility. Oh, that sounds really scary, right? And it, it can be, right? That, that increases your risk of colic for sure. Uh, but it's also just kind of natural to the point where exercise does stimulate gut motility. Um, so it's something that we need to be aware of. That doesn't at all mean that every horse who goes on stall rest is going to experience colic. But when we think about the rest of their management and how we feed them, we certainly want to minimize those other risk factors for colic to the best of our ability within the constraints of stall rest. Uh, so that's physiologically the big thing that changes. They're used to moving some amount per day and now they're restricted. Your vet may recommend some hand walking, some controlled exercise, something like that. And that's definitely helpful. Uh, but certainly if you're going from a lot of turnout to stall rest, those horses will have just decreased gut motility because of that lack of exercise. So does, is there any, uh, so I'm sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. You know, all of a sudden we're changing the gut. Do their nutrient requirements change? You know, could that, could that be also have some impact there? Mm, okay. Good question. <laughs> it depends on how much they were doing before. So if, if you had a horse who was not in work and who was not very busy in turnout, their, their energy requirements and their nutrients, so non-energy nutrient requirements, the change in those would be relatively minimal, if any at all. However, we'll talk about some reasons that some nutrients might increase during stall rest, but thinking about that workload factor. On the other hand, you have anything from a horse who's lightly ridden to one who's very intensively exercised. Like the example you gave with the thoroughbreds, they spend a lot of time in their stall, but they are not on stall rest unless they get injured. And there is a big difference in a thoroughbred race horse being in a stall many hours per day and going out and exercising and galloping and a thoroughbred being in a stall many hours per day and maybe hand walking 10 minutes a day. Those are functionally two different things, even though the amount of time in a stall is not that different. So some horses, their energy requirement is going to change a lot when they go on stall rest. If they were working moderately to intensively, absolutely, when we put them in a stall, all of a sudden you've taken that work away. And as we've talked about in past podcasts, the main thing that increases with level of work is their energy requirements. So how many calories they need to maintain their body condition and do their job. There's also increases in some of our micro and macronutrients, things like electrolytes increase a lot. When I think about some of the micro macro trace minerals, vitamins, some of those, that's one thing I am quite concerned about on stall rest. So kind of separating two things, just because a horse goes on stall rest, I don't necessarily just want to cut all of its feed. And the reason for that is that healing has nutritional expense. So I, I've, I've been wanting to ask you, and, I, and, and I'm glad you brought it up, is 
are there nutrients that will help to heal some of these soft tissue injuries? Or you have a horse that's on five months of stall rest now with a bone injury, right? With a coffin bone. Is there anything that an owner should do in, in, in adjusting that diet? And I know we're going to get to like, you know, forage and concentrate and stuff like that. But just to put it in here, since you brought it up, are there certain nutrients that, that an owner should be like, okay, I need to make sure that the horse is getting enough of these or more of these to help heal? There are lots of different nutrients involved mm-hmm. in healing. And let's start with energy, for example. So we, we just talked about if, if the horse's activity level changes a lot, its energy expenditure is absolutely going to go down. One thing we want to be cautious of, though, is when we first put them on stall rest, if we really, really drastically cut their calories, particularly if they're a hard keeper, they may go into a negative energy balance where they start losing weight. So they're pulling from their own energy reserves, that's the fat in their body, in order to do bodily processes. But healing is energetically expensive. Not as expenses of going out and you know galloping long distances, but there's still energy required for healing. And if the horse is in a negative energy balance, you might impact the quality of the healing or the time that it takes if they're in a severe negative energy balance. So we can talk about what that looks like practically in a second. Um, and there are a lot of situations where we're definitely going to cut calories in the stall, but we want to do so mindfully that those horses don't all of a sudden drop a lot of weight. Now, the second part of it, more getting to you, I think what you're going after, like, are there specific nutrients that really influence healing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just off the top of my head, uh, copper and vitamin C are part of collagen healing. That'd be super important for our soft tissue. Um, Certainly thinking about bone turnover, like in the case of my little nugget with his coffin bone fracture, you know, I I definitely want to make sure that he is getting the nutrients that support the bone. Obviously that's calcium and phosphorus, but a lot of other trace minerals as well. Antioxidants in general help control inflammation. So for a lot of types of healing, we're we're probably going to have uh, some medical inflammatory control on board as well. So non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, Equiox, Butte, whatever your vet recommends, but certainly we can support that nutritionally as well. And then even thinking about when they're in a stall, they're not exercising, you want to maintain their muscle mass to the best of your ability, simply because when horses lose all that condition, as we bring them back into work, they're unfortunately at greater risk of injuring other stuff. So thinking about the quality of the protein, they're, they're definitely going to lose some muscle, but if we can minimize that to the extent that's possible, that's absolutely good for the process. Now, I don't want you to go out and like, okay, Dr. Rambo talked about copper. Let me get a supplement for that. She talked about antioxidants. Let me get a supplement for that. You know, we can talk about how practically I feed my own stall rest horses. I recommend clients feed their stall rest horses. We can do that in a very complete package with products that you may already be using. But I just caution people. A lot of times they say, horses on stall rest, it's not working just feed it hay, take away all the grain. And, you know, that might be the right answer to cut calories, but it's absolutely the wrong answer in terms of supporting nutritional requirements of their basic bodily functions, and then making sure that they have those nutrients to support good healing. Now we know when they're on stall rest, you know, they're not expending that energy, but are you that concerned if they put on a, a, 
a little bit of condition, a little bit of fat. I mean, I know we don't want to get them obese, but if they put on, you know, a half or a body condition score, are you worried about that as a nutritionist? Or you're like, okay, you know, it's something that when they're back out exercising, we can get them back down to their target body condition score. But, you know, if they go from a five and a half to a six and a half, are you really worried about that? Hmm, depends on the injury, right? Yeah, right. So I'm not as concerned if they're moving a little bit within our healthy range. If they lose a little bit of weight, let's say they go from show pen ready at a six to a five, I'm not concerned about that in terms of like our negative energy balance. If they put on a little bit of weight, uh, because we're giving them a lot of hay to keep them busy, to keep them mentally okay during stall rest, as long as we don't get outside that healthy range, I'm not hugely concerned. But on the same token, if you are rehabbing horse with collateral ligament injury, the last thing I want to do is put extra weight on that horse during the rehab process. So it's actually very tricky to balance kind of that energy intake to make sure they stay in the healthy range. You know, it's a little bit easier with a horse with a higher basal metabolism, those ones we call hard keepers, because we can put hay in front of them 24-7 so they stay busy, good for their gut, good for their brain. We can feed them more concentrate with the easy keeper. Uh, we probably brought them all the way down to just a ration balancer. So we're still focusing on those nutrients. And then we may have to limit their hay to keep their body condition within that healthy range. Uh, because it's also, of course, again, hard on injuries or, you know, what if they're stall resting because they have laminitis and it's an endocrine related laminitis, that excess weight decreases insulin sensitivity. So it, it's, it is a tough thing, but the goal would be it's okay to move a little bit within the healthy range, but to keep them within that healthy range. Good, good, good. Okay, so this is a fascinating discussion. Now, how do we adjust our feed? Because you, you inferred <laughs> to it earlier, not just, you know, take it away their concentrate, you know, we're just going to feed them just forage. So you have a horse... Uh, moderate exercise all of a sudden has to go to stall rest because there's so many different scenarios I can think of off the top of my head. You know, I guess we can go from one that's moderate to high exercise or in this high energy diet to the one that's on, you know, low energy diet. So if we take those, those moderate to high energy diets and we all of a sudden take them in stall rest, how would you suggest they adjust uh, what they're feeding? I will give you my real life example. Yes. Right. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the one I have on stall rest now, a uh, thousand pound horse, he was in moderate work prior to his injury. So, you know, working relatively hard, uh, you know, four to five days a week, walk, trot, canter, a jump school or two per week. He was definitely working, definitely expending calories. Uh, he's a hotter blooded type. He was busy in turnout. So prior to his injury, he was eating six pounds per day of senior sport. That is a high fat, lower NSC, high fiber feed. So pretty high on our calorie intake. He was already on free choice hay with that as well. After our diagnosis, and he went on strict stall rest, he did not leave his stall for the first 30 days. For the next 30 days, he could walk five minutes once a day. And then it's slowly built from there. So when I initially move him onto stall rest, the nice thing that horse is already on free choice hay, so he can stay on free choice hay. That's good for him mentally, good for his stomach. The second part of that is I do want to cut some calories, 
But as I mentioned, I don't want to go into a negative energy balance. We are still in cold weather, so there's some extra energy expenditure, even though he's wearing a blanket, to account for as well. And then I want to cover his non-energy nutrient nutritional basis. So what I like to do in stall rest for almost all of them is make my base essential K, or it could be wholesome blends balancer, so a ration balancer, highly concentrated in nutrients, relatively low calories. So I make that my base and I keep it. If he was at maintenance doing nothing and I wasn't worried about healing, he would need one pound per day. But because I want to support that nutritional requirement for healing, maintain as much of his muscle mass as possible, I made the base of my diet two pounds of essential K per day. And then he went from six pounds of senior sport down to three pounds of senior sport. That was kind of the initial change that I made. I definitely want to cut some calories. He's a spicy little dude. We want to stay as calm as possible on stall rest. But I didn't go down to just ration balancer because honestly, I was afraid that he would lose too much. And that worked really well. So he stayed on that for the first couple months. He was slowly increasing his hand walking, but the weather was warming up. So blankets came off, that extra energy expenditure went away. And then actually for a little bit, he actually got down to just two pounds a day of essential K. So I slowly decreased that senior sport because he was getting a little bit chubby, a little bit spicy. And I brought it down to that point. So we still have our strong nutritional base. And then he's begun working harder. Okay, so he's tack walking, he's trotting. Now he's getting a little bit of small pen turnout. I've slowly added some senior sport back on top of his essential K to get to that point where we're still maintaining that body condition. So that's why I mentioned early on, we're really going to be fluctuating sometimes, especially during a long stall rest because we want to keep the nutrition in. That's why I go with two pounds of ration balancer in this case. Free choice hay, perfect. But his other needs are gonna vary a little bit kind of depending on the circumstances. I'm not gonna keep that static because they change, but with that horse who's working moderately hard, um, I definitely recommend a decrease in our energy intake and making sure that energy we provide comes from low NSC options. So low sugar starch, higher fat, but I'm not going to cut it away completely. I'm going to decrease it and then adjust it as I need to, to maintain that body condition. Because again, the last thing I want is for him to really drop a lot of weight, go into a negative energy balance during that early stall rest, which is super critical for the healing process. So that would be my moderate horse. The easy keeper. I've also stall rested easy keepers. (laughs) They're more challenging, right? Um, Simply because you can't just put food in front of them all the time if they're really easy keepers. So same foundation, right? Ration balancer. They probably don't need anything else because we're going to be controlling the calories they eat. And we're going to do that through their hay because we don't want to give up feeding hay in place of calories coming from a concentrate. So if you were in a situation where your horse was overweight, we're definitely going to decrease the concentrate and not decrease the hay because we want them to have access to hay as much as possible. In a perfect world, it'd be 24-7. Not always the case with our super easy keepers. So, you know, we ideally wouldn't go below one and a half percent of their 
body weight in forage. So if that's a thousand pound horse, about 15 pounds per day. And what we would do is break that up into multiple small meals, maybe use some things like slow feed hay nets to extend the time that they have access for that. And then similar to, you know, the hardworking horse and the easy keeper, you may even find you can move around the amount of hay a little bit, depending on what their body condition does during stall rest. So maybe if the super easy keeper, you're restricting them, you find they've lost a little bit of weight great, you can add a little bit more hay. So you kind of have that option, but the whole time basis for both of them is that ration balancer. And it's just still, it's just, this is a fun conversation and, and I've like so many more questions, but we're, we're over, we're near 20 minutes. So yeah, one more, one more at you. If they're feeding a high quality alfalfa hay, is that something you would, you would suggest? Well, if it's going to be a long stall rest, maybe we switch them to like a, a lower not quality, I wouldn't say low quality hay, because we always want good quality hay, but uh, a grass hay, you know, uh, a less energy dense, you know, hay. Ooh, fantastic question. Yeah, similar to our calorie intake assessment with concentrate, that's something we can also manage through the selection of our hay as well. So if you have a super hard keeper, um, and maybe they don't have a great appetite, maybe maybe alfalfa is perfectly appropriate. Uh, Certainly if I have the easy keeper, I'm definitely not going to choose alfalfa as my first choice. I'm going to choose a less calorically dense hay, one of our grass hays. It can still be good quality, but I don't need to feed hay that's super calorie dense because I want to maximize in that situation the pounds of hay I can feed them and therefore the amount of time they can spend doing that grazing behavior. So if it was a situation where I could only feed 12 pounds of alfalfa per day and that horse was already a little bit pudgy, or I could feed 17 pounds of a Timothy or an orchard grass, I would absolutely choose the Timothy or orchard grass. Some situations you might have a combination of both, kind of depending on your horse's needs. But I would say overall, the selection in your forage, obviously it has to be not dusty, not moldy, quality product, but your goal should be to allow that horse to have hay as much as possible and make the selection of your forage accordingly. That was good. That was good. Well, any final tips as we wrap this up? Oh, I have so many tips. (laughs) So (laughs) this really is life experience. Yeah. Front front of mind right now. You know, a couple other things that I would just think about one, the goal is to get you and your horse through this safely and mentally intact for both of you. Uh, So the selection of your concentrate does matter a lot when you're adding those calories. So really stay away from things that are high in sugar and starch. We do not need to have them any more up than they are just from being confined. So those low NSC products are the perfect way to add calories during stall rest. Second to that, stall rest is stressful. It's stressful for the humans. So stressful for the horses, right? So anything you can do to keep them mentally stimulated and keep their guts happy is a very important thing. So, you know, I strongly recommend some additional gut health support during this period because we just know that stress increases the likelihood of digestive upset. So let's be proactive even before they act stressed because some horses, they might be fine for the first week, the second week, but if this is a long drawn out process, they might get a little less tolerant of that living situation over time. In the tribute line, it's the constant comfort block. 
Okay, that's a great thing for them to be able to play with. And the Constant Comfort pellets, both great additions during the stall rest period. And then as I mentioned, you know, mental stimulation. Leo is obsessed with banana flavored treats. We have the, oh, yeah, the yeah, trip yeah. treats that are banana flavored. So I got him one of those uh, treat balls that he rolls around and it dispenses these treats and he, you know, nudges it around the stall and it gives him that mental stimulation. Things like that. It might not seem like a big deal, um, but anything we can do to try to keep them happy and content, good for everybody through this process. And then finally, you know, we're here and we're happy to help. We have lots of experience in these different situations. And as just like my example gave, it's not a static thing. So where your horse is starting, the type of injury, how much exercise they get during stall rest is all highly variable and it changes. And we're happy to help you adjust your program as you go to make sure that we have as good an experience as possible, support that healing. And finally, there is no shame in a little chemical help. So work with your veterinarian. Um, if your horse is hard to manage, we've already addressed the nutritional things, gut health, low NSC feed. You know, there are certainly other ways to help keep your horse safe that your veterinarian can help you work with as well. So the goal is to get through this, both of you healthy and safe. No, it's all great advice. Fascinating talk uh, about stall rest. And again, that link is in the show notes. If you need help, if if you don't know what to do, or you need some advice, free consultation with the tribute team, please reach out. And, and then also you can use that link or find us on Facebook. Send us any topic ideas that you may have. Uh, we're, we're getting some great ideas that we're putting down uh, for the podcast. So please keep those going. But thank you so much today, Nicole. And thank you to the listeners and stay tuned next week for another great episode. Thanks, Chris.